0: And what I learned is people don't like saying this. It's two things. Part of it is just God-given talent. But that won't get you a career in show business or sports. It is they're more dedicated to their profession. Is those athletes were first ones in the gym, last ones out of the gym. The people that I know that are successful in Hollywood, that's all they did. You hear that cliche, focus, concentration, right? Uh, You can't have the distractions. Those people, that's what they did. They ate, slept, and worked show business, right? So they made their own luck.
1: Welcome back to another episode on By Joy with Joyen, the podcast that is all about helping you live and lead a life with joy. I'm your host, Joyen Chan. And every Wednesday we are giving you access to the world's best and brightest minds in their fields on our show. Listening as these leaders impart their wisdom, inspiration and stories to empower you to live joyfully with intention, passion, and purpose and celebrate the struggles, and overcome the challenges we may face each day with the tools and insights that we are going to share with you. Whether you are looking to improve your relationship, find your passion, learn how to embrace the present moment, deepen your spiritual connection, or learn the magic of manifestation and law of attraction to attract more abundance, this podcast is here to guide you every step of the way. As your host, I am also challenging myself to dig deeper to learn and unlearn and ride along with you. We are not here to tell you how to live your life because it is your life. But this life is all that we have right now. So my friend, why not live our life to the fullest? So I hope these conversations and stories will guide and inspire you to live your life to your highest potential and a life that you are proud of As you continue to grow and evolve in your own journey So if you are ready to start living a more passionate, purposeful and joyful life Join us every Wednesday on Find Joy with Joyen For inspirational stories, powerful messages, fun conversations And empowering thoughts with me and my special guests and friends And now without further ado, let's dive into today's episode Joining us today is a political scientist, desert world veterans, entertainment CEO and head of the Gigi World Union. He has worked on union projects at the University of Toronto and has worked with and know three US presidents, European Union ministers, Australian ministers and top military and intelligence leaders. He runs a think tank that forecasts future events and solves major US and Western problems. And the think tank is most well known for defeating google in the australia and the european union in landmark cases and he's here today to share and empower you to be the advocate for change and create a positive impact in the world so ladies and gentlemen help me in welcoming the one and only jerome almond hi jerome welcome to the show
0: how are you doing joy thank you for having me hi to your audience i i really appreciate being here and this should be a good good time
1: it will be yeah i already love our pre-talk um so it's really my honor to have you here today um and your background is so incredibly diverse you know from being a political scientist to a desert world veteran to an entertainment ceo you're working in Hollywood they also work with U.S. presidents, and you are also the head of a union. If I'm not wrong, based on my research, you are also uniting African-Americans to invest in Africa, right, um, with the campaign name, The Power of One Treatment. So yes. tell us a bit about your background and how did you become the powerful and influential leader you are today?
0: Uh, My background is I'm actually a trained political scientist and economist from, I attended Michigan State University and uh, Iowa State University. I uh, worked on a project for the UN, the Delphi project out of Belgium at the University of Toronto. Uh, One of my uh, mentors in political science actually wrote Slovenia's constitution. (laughs) So I've had the opportunity to be around uh, people like that. Uh, I also uh, know President Trump and other uh, major American uh, leaders. I've known President Trump for 25 years, and people forget he's actually an entertainer. He's not a politician. Um, And uh, I grew up around world championship boxers. So these are the biggest boxers from Money Mayweather to Mike Tyson to Sugar Ray Leonard I grew up around those boxers through my affiliation with the Crunk Gym in Detroit, which has produced the most world champs of any boxing gym. And through that, I was always at ringside. So I was always sitting next to the actors from Hollywood, the big singers. I got to meet athletes from every possible uh, profession, from uh, soccer to American football to baseball. And in those uh, opportunities of meeting people, particularly in Hollywood, I learned how the industry works. Now, this has been going on with me since I was a teenager. So I was able to see uh, how fame works, how Hollywood works, and the pitfalls of it, right? But I also was able to see, being an economist, to see the macro picture. And as you know, right now, there's a strike going on in Hollywood and um that is for three very huge reasons i would like to discuss uh when we get to that point but um i was fortunate to have people such as steven spielberg's publicist help me out uh a, a producer that uh, made a film with angelina Jolie's father who's john Voigt. um they People I know that are actors, that are directors. I actually am the person responsible for the Michigan film incentive, uh, which unfortunately was not ran correctly uh, versus the Atlanta situation, which was ran correctly. And the Michigan film incentive ended up collapsing and costing the state five hundred million dollars. No money made. Okay, so Atlanta did it right. And that's why Atlanta now makes more movies than any other city on Earth.
1: Wow, what an opening. So, and being in the, you know, being in the entertainment industry and also in the political uh, self things, because it's a, very interesting, you know, the intersection between entertainment and politics can be intricate. So what sparked your interest to own entertainment, you know, um company and also, you know, what led you to pursue a multifaceted career?
0: I'm a, I've always been a big fan of art because I don't have any artistic talent. <laughs> So whether it's painting, sculpture, it really fascinates me. Movies really fascinate me uh, because art reflects life. So it's a good way to gauge a time period. And it's a good way to gauge what's going on in a country or culture or the world. And it's really a positive in terms of encouraging people. Like a lot of movies, like athletes, they encourage me. Because if you read the bios of people that made it, It's almost the exact same story. They overnight success has a 10-year waiting list, as a Hollywood agent told me, okay? So by the time we see these people, they've probably been out for 10 years, you know, doing this. But what's very uh, interesting to me from what I've read and from the people I've met, their break came out of the blue. It didn't come, you would think, all the auditions, all the work, all the bit parts, They end up at a restaurant and they run into someone that's a Hollywood director, (laughs) you know, and they say, you're the person I'm looking for for this role. Right. Or as in the case of Will Smith for Men in Black, Will Smith was not even on the list to be in that movie. Uh, Actually, David Schwimmer from Friends was supposed to have that role. It was written for him. He was doing a play in Chicago that he was producing, so he refused to leave it. And Will Smith just happened to overhear that conversation. He was in the studio for some other reason. And he said, let me audition for it. And they were like, well, we know, Will. we really didn't have you in mind. He said, That's fine. Let me audition. They said, "Will, we have 50 people and you're not on the list. He says, fine, let me audition. And he said, OK, we'll let you audition. How much time do you need? Uh, he says, do you have the script? Are they him the script? He says, I'm ready to go now. Because what Will Smith had done on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, he remembered everyone's lines. So when someone else is speaking on camera, he's mouthing their lines off camera, right? So that's how he got men in black. He was able to immediately do the scene right there on the spot. And they said, okay, we'll hire you.
1: (laughs) Ooh, wow.
0: That's most roles. Harrison Ford was not meant to be in Star Wars. He was not the choice for Indiana Jones. That was Tom Selleck. Actually, in Star Wars, Harrison Ford was just there to audition against the other actors that were there for the role. They were, The other actors were auditioning. He was just there basically as a prompt, but he won out the role. You know, that's how it really works in Hollywood. It's who, you know, don't get me wrong. It's an inside game. At some point, you have to get your foot uh, inside of the door. To where you can move up and make movies and to put that in perspective the odds on you becoming president of the united states is 10 million to one the odds on you becoming a successful actor is 20 million to one right now that was that was just the us before uh movies and the rest of the world went global so now it's 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 far far uh, greater odds so Uh, the the strike and it comes back to why we have a writer strike and an actor strike. And I don't know. And I know most people don't know this, but the hotel unions also joined in on the strike in uh, Hollywood. And the reason you have that is three major factors. COVID you had the box office uh, worldwide go from 42 billion to half that. So 2019 is 42 billion. Uh, 2022 it's 21 billion the u.s goes from 14 billion in 2019 to 7 billion in 2022 okay the second reason is technology ai um being able to make uh better special effect movies and the third reason would be uh demographics particularly asia okay Bollywood and Nollywood, Bollywood in India, Nollywood in Nigeria are actually the two largest film producing countries. It's not Hollywood. Um, And they go back and forth. Who's one and two. Hollywood is number three. So in order for Hollywood to stay afloat, it must have the Asian market. And if you look at the Barbie movie, for instance, over half the box office is international. Yeah. Yeah. But in a lot of those special effect movies like that, it's 75 percent of the box office is international. OK, and that's dominated by Asia. Right. Because 60 percent of the world lives in Asia. That's just the way it is. And you need, you know, people to buy tickets. So what's going on right now? And it again, it boils down to money. Remember, Hollywood, at the end of the day, it's money. It's a business like anything else. The special effect movies cost between two and three hundred million dollars each, on average. Okay, this year Barbie has been the exception, which it's it's already done a billion at the box office in three weeks internationally, right? But you had the latest Raiders of the Lost Ark movie fail. You had the Flash movie fail you have uh the disney movie uh haunted mansion fail okay and how it works is if a movie if you spend 250 million dollars to make a movie it has to make 500 million dollars to break even because of the marketing cost so these movies are coming nowhere near that they're taking a bath It's a big loss so although you have successful barbie and Oppenheimer, you have Five seven movies released in the last thirty days or so that lost three four hundred million dollars that they're never going to make up.
1: What so makes that, what makes Bobby' movie so successful is crazy.
0: Well, a lot of it is timing, and the other thing are females, right? Feet as Tupac Shakur, the rapper, once said, "It's." Girls and women that buy all the records, but also the movie tickets, but also in the larger grand picture is you have 80 percent of the purchases in America decided by women and girls. Okay, so that's why that's successful. Right timing, right actress in in, in that spot. Um, The movie caught on because females want to go to it. That's it. Otherwise, you take away the international box office, you take away females, that movie is a complete failure. But, you know, I haven't seen it. understand it's a good movie and it worked out. And as we say, a movie that got finished actually made money and everybody that worked on it got paid. What a great movie. (laughs) What a great movie.
1: Yeah. So what would be your number one advice for Young, aspiring talents or artists or actors?
0: I would say first, uh, what you want to do is to get your mind clear on what you want to do. Right. And it's very simple what I do when I have a problem I can't solve or I need to solve. Just take a sheet of paper at the top of it, right where you want to be. I want to be a Hollywood star, make movies, be on TV. Okay. Then at the bottom of that piece of paper, right where you're at right now, right? And you see this big open space, right? That big open space is how do I get from where I'm at to where I want to be? So what you want to do is to make a plan. Two, you want to stay busy. You want to be hitting every audition, talking to everyone, networking, because the majority of time, your break is going to come out of the blue. You're going to do a lot of work, a lot of auditions. You're just going to run into the right person at the right time. And that's how you're going to end up uh, getting that position. But you and be professional. I would say, number one, be focused and professional. A good start would be you can go to Wikipedia and read the bios of any star. And if you see, they all did the same thing. Very good work ethic, very professional, got to know the right people. Uh, my favorite story is Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone is a model. She runs into Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, they're waiting to get into a club. They have a conversation. They keep talking. And Michelle Pfeiffer said, why don't you go into acting? And she's I don't think I can't act. She says, go ahead, go into it. So she did. And here goes what I mean. OK, remember what I said? The odds are 20 million to one. Right. They become even bigger because now it's not just the U.S. and Canada. Uh, American actors are competing against it's the whole world. Right. America is only four percent of the world's population, meaning 96 percent is not American. So now the competition is more like 100 million to one. OK. But Sharon Stone, anyway, she takes the acting lessons and, you know, Sharon Stone uh, was in Basic Instinct. Uh, um, Sharon Stone was in Casino, right? Uh, she gets an Oscar for Casino. Both of those roles were supposed to be for Michelle Pfeiffer, the person that got her in the business. Wow. She heard about Sharon Stone, hears about it, goes down to the directors and the producers and asks for an audition. It's the same situation with Will Smith and Men in Black. They say Sharon, we don't even have you on the list. She says, "Let me audition." And she knocked it out of the park. The rest is history. But that's the competition. That's how it works. Okay. That door opens. And I'm saying one in a hundred million, it's going to open. And you better rush inside and stay inside. Because if you ever get on the other side, it's almost impossible to get back in.
1: Right. Yeah. And because most people think whenever, you know, people think like how you become successful, how you become famous, quote unquote, is is like really big it's pure luck a lot of people would think that you know when it comes to Hollywood. but from what i'm I'm hearing from you is luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity right because opportunities are always around you you have to be prepared for it when the right person show up you know when the right opportunity the right audition you better be ready for that right
0: absolutely right that is perfectly said
1: yeah thank you so i know you also want to talk about the current bus um in the in the music you know industry that is um uh the current strike that we talk about right the controversy over censorship in the music such as um jason aldine video that which you are involved in so talk to us about that maybe some insights into what is really the main issue over here
0: well with the jason aldine video this is just really amazing i made that exact same video over a year ago for a rap artist It it will be coming out in the media. That exact same video was immediately banned by YouTube and and Vimeo, right? Vimeo, rather, right? Jason Aldean is allowed to be on there. Now, this is the problem. Uh, What it is, is in America for 200 years of our 247-year history, this was the rule. If you don't like the movie or song, change the channel. Then in the 80s, it started to be where people are going to pick and choose what's good and not good. It'll never work in art. It, it, it does not work that way in art, right? Who's to say, uh, for instance, the, uh, the, the sculptures uh, like David um, shouldn't be seen, right? Because he has on no clothes, but it's a sculpture. It's a classic. You have yep. a lot of paintings that way. Movies use a lot of language and a lot of other things that you don't normally use every day, but that's why we go to the movies is to be entertained. It's just entertainment, right? That's all it is. It's a reflection of society, but it's entertainment. So the only answer there, especially in a place like America, is to go back to that rule. If you don't like it, change the channel, go to something else. There's endless other choices, right? If you put my the video I made for the rapper next to Jason Aldean's video and turn down the sound, you can't tell them apart. You will think you think they're the same video. It's just that I made mine again over a year earlier, right? Uh, I have no issue with it. If you know Jason, ironically, Jason Aldean and I don't live too far from each other. We both live in yeah, we both live right outside of Atlanta, so um, that's the better way to go with that. Um, And it works. The other way doesn't work, because if and this has happened with movies um, and it's a lot like sports, if you hold back, you're not going to be successful. Right. Can you imagine the great acting performances we've gotten from everybody from Meryl Streep, Robert De De Niro, Denzel Washington, Sharon Stone? Right. Imagine if they held back. Right. It wouldn't be the same movie and then most of the times those lines they're repeating they made those up like yeah. De Niro makes them up on the spot uh denzel washington makes them up on the spot Meryl street makes them up on the spot so that's the only way to go with art if you know if you don't want like, if you like picasso and don't like rembrandt go to the picasso museum don't go to the rembrandt museum but we don't want to say close down rembrandt right
1: Wow that is really interesting because I never thought of that so but you know of course as artists or as creator we as public figures you know we have to take responsibility for for what we create right what we put out there for our message. Um, so how do you, what is your thoughts on the balance between, I would say, yes, we you know we need to express ourselves creatively, you know, um, and don't hold back, right? But also, you know, we have to achieve a balance between that and also the responsibility because we are now, about we figure, you know, we do have an influence in what we are saying, what we are doing. Right.
0: And, and I'm saying you're not going to have people go beyond that bound because they're going to turn off the audience right the audience is not going to go for it so they're not going to do that then most people are out to create good art right mm-hmm. so yeah. everybody knows where you know the lines are at but 99 uh, percent of people you know they, they don't want to go that way because they understand when, when you go too far you're going too far because the talent isn't there right that's what you're doing. It's a, it's a lot like reality TV, which is exactly opposite of what it says. It's really fake reality TV. But um, reality TV, the worse you act, the more you get paid. So guess what? People act really bad. But in Hollywood, there are set um, parameters that you don't cross. You know, same thing in Bollywood, same thing in Nollywood, same thing in Atlanta, and the next two places this is another reason why um uh, hollywood is really in a panic and you have the strike currently is you're going to have germany and south africa do exactly what bollywood and nollywood did that's in the works now i'm saying you will see those announcements before year end. so now you're going to have even more competition uh, the south africa project i'm directly involved with i've talked with the uh president of south africa cyril ramaphosa his right-hand man it's going through okay i am a partner in that but that's what you the, the hollywood uh system that existed say before the 80s that's never coming back hollywood will never it, uh, matter of fact this is ironic, the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, actually forecast 20 years in the future, but not anything concerning intelligence. It's they, they forecast who's going to be the movie capital, who, who's going to be the music capital. They already predicted that it will be uh, Bollywood uh, in Germany and South Africa. It's, it's just going to happen.
1: As a leader and advocate, what steps do you believe in you know, are crucial for addressing systematic, you know, systemic um racism. And also how do you create a meaningful change?
0: Uh, it's very simple ownership. That's the key. OK, um, Barbie was directed by a female director. She's the first female director to have a billion dollar movie. Now, that's a great thing. But then it's like, really, like we should have more female directors. And the answer is, if you have a female owner of the studio or head of the studio, those are the people that green light movies. We call them suits. They say the movie can go. Now, you have actors that are capable of doing that, such as De Niro or Denzel Washington. But um, the best way to fight any ism or to get past any ism is ownership, right? Because you're going to make the movie you want to make, just like the people that run the studios now make the movie that they want to make. Right? Yeah. So that ends it all. And most of it isn't any sort of conscious bias, right? It's just natural. Only so many movies can be made. There's only so many dollars to go around for the budget of that movie, especially now that the average movie has went from $50 million, say in the 80s, to now you're talking well over $100 million. And with the special effect movies, again, you're talking $250, $300 million, and some of them went as high as $500 million. So the key is if you have people in the position of power to say yes or no, naturally they're going to make the movie they want to make, right? Okay, so if I'm, it's just like with songs. Prince is going to make songs completely different than Michael Jackson every dime, right? Taylor Swift is going to make completely different songs than Beyonce every dime, right? They're in complete control of their careers. That's what we need more of, particularly women. That, and you're going to see, there is, that's going to be another huge change. Uh, That's part of the strike. The other part of the biggest part of the strike is because of the technology, because of the shift to the east of the movie industry, Um, it's residuals, okay? With AI coming on, they said, well, you're going to have AI actors. That means we don't get residuals. And people need to understand, just like with sports, 85% of people that make it in Hollywood end up bankrupt really quickly. I'm saying no matter how much money they made, uh, personal cases, Ed McMahon was on The Tonight Show for 30 years. he got evicted from his home, but what saved him was Donald Trump paid off the house for his last years. even though he made a $100 million in the business. Uh, you look at uh, shows like Happy Days, those people, some of them ended up, you know, living in trailer parks, but you look at Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp was broke, Nicolas Cage, all that money they made, they end up being broke, so that's where residuals come in, residuals are... The payments you get from films and movies you've already shot, right? So every time it's ran, it's like a record getting a royalty. So you get you get a check for that. The merchandising is sold. You get a check for that, right? So let's say you were in Star Wars. You're going to make more money today than you got paid for Star Wars because of all the different platforms from YouTube to cable to satellite uh, to streaming that Star Wars is ran on every day, right? So it's very important what 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 the actors see what's coming is it's going to be less actors, which most actors don't make a million dollars a year. It's not like that. There's very few stars. And, you know, you're making 20 million dollars as a base salary plus a percentage. So that also takes away money for those that aren't the major players. So that's what you're really talking about, because there are big sacrifices. You're talking 12, 18 hour days. Right. And they have to take the movie. If you're in any way involved in the music industry, you can't say no. Um, That's what this is all about. And the thing is, no one has an answer to it. That's why it ended up being a strike. And when you add the cost of making a movie today, okay, you got to imagine you're the head of a studio. You have 10 movies in front of you of potential to be made. Let's say three of them are special effects like the Avengers or so. So you're saying, okay, there goes $350, $400 million I have to spend. I have to make back seven or $800 million just to break even. And I have three of those movies. So that's $2 billion right there, right? Then I got regular movies. Uh, you know, let's say a training day, uh, a comedy, a uh, Ocean's. 12 type movie, right? That is less. Let's say the budget for that is 70 million, right? So do I go and make the big movies hoping to get the big cash in, or do I make the smaller movie that needs less money to make a profit? And the answer is they're going for the big movie right now and they're missing a lot. They're, they're, they're having a lot of misses, and you're beginning to see that with what's happened in the last uh, month with those big expensive movies. You're, you're talking bringing in $6 million when they were expecting $60 million in a day. I'm saying that was a total gross. Uh, the movie, uh, there's a movie that was out uh, about a month ago called Big George Foreman. It's about George Foreman, the heavyweight boxer that was beat by Ali in the thrill in Manila. Well, the boxer in the movie, it's a true story that he fought to regain the championship, is a friend of mine. Michael Moore, right? And it's the same thing in that, because it's all entertainment now. That business, whatever happens in Hollywood doesn't stay in Hollywood. So all those fights are televised. That's where the money is at the pay per view, the television rights to say NFL football, tennis. That's it. Everything is being affected. And if you look at the salaries that have happened in sports, they've really ballooned. Like when Michael Jordan was playing, the big thing was he signed a 25-year deal for $25 million. That was a big deal, right? Today, you have the top stars in basketball, Stephen Curry in uh, the uh, center for the world champions, Denver Nuggets. They're making almost $60 million a year. That's just basketball salary. It's not counting endorsements, Okay. So you have guys that are signing five hundred million dollar contracts to play sports for seven to ten years, and you even have, again, going back to Asia, look what just happened with Ronaldo, right? Ronaldo signed the most, the largest contract in the history of sports. Ronaldo is making over a hundred million dollars a year. Matter of fact, it's closer to one hundred and fifty million dollars a year. He's making about one hundred and thirty a year right? Because, and then you have the live golf situation where the Saudis have lived. They essentially took over the PGA. They're not saying that, but that's what happened. They took over the PGA because they have the money, right? If, if Apple ends up with, uh, owning, uh, let's say TMZ, well, we know Apple took over TMZ, right? That's what happened. Apple has all the money and that's what has happened. And you're going to see the NBA that's going to happen. You're going to see that happen in tennis Uh, because that money is so big. Athletes aren't going to turn it down. So imagine the athletes that I mentioned in in basketball that are making 50 million dollars a year. And Saudi Arabia comes along and say, well, I'll give you one hundred and fifty million dollars a year to join our basketball league with China. Right. Which I predict is going to happen. Brazil is going to be brought in guess what guess what that athlete's going to do that athlete knows he has a limited amount of time to play he's going to head right to saudi arabia like ronaldo and take the 150 million dollars over say five years
1: definitely I yeah. mean,
0: each year, 150 million so you're talking almost
1: three quarters of a billion dollars yeah i would yes as well <laughs> if i was yeah that, of course of course anyone anyway, right right okay so you also run the think tanks because based on everything that you said, right, it's fascinating. And it seems like you could really like know, see the future. Like, where are we going with this, like this industry and what's happening? So how do, you, how do you predict events and trends?
0: Well, um, it, it comes from experience. I grew up in the cities of Detroit and Toronto. I was a paratrooper in the military. I spent a year in the desert wars. I speak German, Arabic, working Zulu and English. Right. So I I see everything in a global sense, the big picture. And that's something I've noticed about the East. The East always grand picture as Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, Terminator and the former governor of California says he says American, particularly American politicians and leaders never see the grand picture. They will never get the grand picture. And it's just normal in the East. Like most of my friends are from the East. They're from India, Pakistan, uh, China, Australia. They get it, but not here. And right now it's fatal because the world is moving so fast, but it's moving fast and big, right? Uh, like no other time in history. I compare it to when the Europeans sat out and conquered the world between the 15th and 19th centuries. That's what's going on right now. So how we're able to predict the future is, is through that experience, real world experience, not reading books, but through also studying under the best in the world, uh, knowing those people in those positions and studying their successes, but it's their failures. You almost learn nothing from success, but you do learn from failures, right? You learn what not to do. And it also hones you on, well, this works for me. And in an entertainment business, that is very important. Understand, you need to go with what works with you. If you look, the biggest actors in Hollywood tend to work with the same director and producer over and over, like Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese, right? The reason that they do this is it worked, right? They could not like each other. It worked. And when you have success in Hollywood or in sports, you want to go with it. Because one minor change and it's a desire, people have done that and they never recovered from it. So I have been able to predict the future, which is going to come out in a big, big, huge way concerning what's going on with President Trump. I actually predicted in 2016 to a well known uh, media CEO that Donald Trump's presidency would end in him being impeached and eventually put on trial to be sent to jail. I predicted that in 2016, before he won, I predicted when everyone was laughing at his candidacy, I predicted in July of 2015, he would become president, he'd win. I was right. But there's also been other things, very important, well-known events, right? And where that comes from, I would put it this way. Again, all that studying, meeting the right people, real world experience, but it's just like acting right? Because that fascinates me. I could never act, right? Why is Robert De Niro or Meryl Streep or Denzel Washington better than the other people? And my answer to that I get from growing up around professional sports stars. Why was that boxer able to win a championship with less skills than a guy that never did, right? Why is it that Tom Brady has seven Super Bowl rings although he was drafted 199 out of 254 players that year, right? He replaces the number one pick in the entire NFL in his second year, right? He's the most successful and best quarterback ever. And what I learned is people don't like saying this. It's two things. Part of it is just God-given talent. But that won't get you a career in show business or sports. It is. They're more dedicated to their profession is those athletes were first ones in the gym, last ones out of the gym. The people that I know that are successful in Hollywood, that's all they did. You hear that cliche, focus, concentration, right? Uh, You can't have the distractions. Those people, that's what they did. They ate, slept, and worked show business, right? So they made their own luck. And it came out. Right. So th- that's what it boils down to. You know, some people, it's God given talent, but they still have to put in that extra work for the the everyone else. It's putting in that work. You have to outwork. That's what Will Smith says. You can outact me, but you cannot work that. You have to be focused. You have to take advantage of every opportunity. Uh, and unfortunately, most people don't. I'm saying. Literally, if let's say Spielberg or Scorsese, right, came to them and said, "I want to make a movie, but I need you to come with me right now. We're shooting in Australia." Yeah. Okay. Ninety-nine people out of a hundred would say, "Wait," and automatically they just dismiss you. The only answer is, "Where do you need me to be? When?" My first interview ever was with TMZ. And uh, the producer called me and said, the choice is between you and P. Diddy. OK, I'm no one. This is, this is my first interview. I've been in uh, the record business for two weeks. Right. And I said, well, you want me? Uh, they said, why? I said, well, it's a better interview with longer legs. You don't get a lot of play out of this. Right. They said, well, when can you come to New York? I said, whenever you want me in New York. They said a the car is on its way. If I'd have hesitated, P. Diddy lives in New York. They flew me from Detroit to New York. So that's what I'm saying. Yes is the answer. If they say, well, do you speak German? Say yes, even if you don't. Go home and learn some German. (laughs) That's what you can do. Go learn some German. Whatever you need to do. But the answer is always yes. Take whatever break you can get because it'll turn into something bigger, right? Like that person may be the, uh, uh, the, the light crew person ends up being a director producer running a studio it happens all the time so vitamin c vitamin c vitamin c contacts contacts contacts
1: i love that yes say yes but it's something that i always tell my people as well like say yes first figure out the how later that's right people is like you know whenever there's an opportunity they would be thinking about how am i going to do this Uh, how is it going to be you know it's all about the how, but it's no, you got to, no one knows how to do everything, right? We don't know. We don't have all the answers, but you always say yes first. The how you show itself, No, right? you're right.
0: And I'm saying even the professionals, like uh, at this time, his name is Donald Passman. He wrote the Bible of the recording industry, okay. and he helped me out also. He did the, at that time, he did the biggest deals in music with Janet Jackson's contract with Virgin Records, right? And uh, Dr. Dre's deal with uh, um, Interscope, right? And he, you can go check, it's even in his book, but he told me this. He doesn't even understand, for instance, how publishing rights work. Now, keep in mind, he's the number one attorney, Harvard attorney. He says, but the money ends up where it's supposed to. That's all that counts, right? And that's how you have to look at You got, someone just said they're going to hire you to make a movie? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right? because most people don't get that opportunity it just doesn't happen
1: yeah yeah exactly something that I want to talk, I want to ask you about is you also mentioned about we don't learn from success we learn from failures so personally what is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it so that we can learn from you
0: my biggest failure was not marrying three of my ex fiancés <laughs> i'm going to say that <laughs> I should have been married by now. My biggest failure and I actually engineered it. I knew I had to because I was ahead of the time is um as I said my first interview ever was TMZ, but I've been on E entertainment. You name the the media all over Australia, you name the media outlet in Europe, Canada, America, I've been on it. Okay? I'm not an entertainer, right? So Again, I'd only been in the business two weeks when this happened. So I purposely slowed things down because I realized at that point that although I was ready to go, my talent wasn't in terms of being professional instead of in, in terms of understanding the break and in, in terms of understanding what comes with that. So I purposely delayed it. Right. So that would be my biggest failure. Like you know, I did it on purpose, but at the same time, um, there were millions of dollars on the table. Now the good thing is those millions now have become billions because not only the South African movie project, but I also have an app coming out being built in Germany. the The Germans refer to the app as the Facebook killer. Actually, it's just, now they call it the social media killer. That's another thing. Social media will not exist anymore. And I'm saying in reality, it doesn't now. It, it just, it's over. Like China doesn't allow Facebook. Yeah. Uh, countries like Iran don't allow it. But Facebook in a six month span between July and January of last year, July of last year to January of this year, lost 50 percent of its value. Yeah. OK, so it's not coming back. It's over. Uh, it all always was not the best thing in the world,, uh, but it's being replaced by the new media. And that new media again will be based in Germany, China, South africa, india, um and uh, America will constantly see a steady drop because just the competition, right? There's only so many dollars. people yeah. are only gonna see so many movies. So that's the situation um that people need to understand is that you might have to get, you will have to give some things up in order to be successful in this business. It has to be your priority, right? Success is a jealous girlfriend. That's the way to look at it. Um, if you cheat on it, you're going to fail. Okay. Just like you're going to lose the girlfriend, you're going to fail. You have to have that as your only priority. Um, And if it's, you know, if it's not for you, it's against you, especially in this business. Yep. So you you do need to understand that everything brought your way and I'm not saying a role or anything, but you're going to have people come to you with offers that will ruin your career, right? You, you need to understand that. So that's why you want to know exactly what you want to do. You want to read those bios. That's the best. It's real world. It's, it's, it's the next best thing to talking to that person. I was fortunate to be able to talk to those people, right? And yeah. you hear the same common thing over and over. 99 times did not get what I wanted. The one time I did, that's all I needed. Look at show business is like the lottery. You only need to be right once. You no. get in one movie, one TV show, you're good. But I would say the thing that people need to understand is understand the new media is very, very different. Like the old media, which would be like CNN, Fox, gone. Uh, Facebook, gone. That's why Elon Musk changed Twitter. He knew Twitter, it, it never was going to come back. Twitter wasn't that successful monetarily from the beginning. People need to understand that. OK, so now it's going to be replaced in the way the smartphone replaced the cell phone. Right. Nobody wants a BlackBerry today. That used to be the most popular phone when President Obama was sworn in. And big thing was he wanted to keep his BlackBerry. And the Secret Service said, yeah, we, we can't secure it, but they found the way to do it. You don't hear BlackBerry anymore. It's gone, right? Yeah. That's just the way it is. And that's what you're going to see happen with the media, because once people see the better, they're going to go for it. That's just natural. You don't have to tell people to drive a car rather than ride a horse, right? They go for the car automatically. And, and uh, final point on that, the thing to remember, what I say is always think long term. It's a long life. Right. Most people today are going to live in their 80s, 90s. That's just the way it is. Right. Show business is like that. Look at the reboot of the Star Wars movies. Right. After 50 years, they're able to come back and make even more money. The actors are right. So the thing to remember with that is it's like the smartphone. Did you know there's nothing in the smartphone that's new? The iPhone, when it, there's nothing in it that's new. Yeah. Actually, the touch screen was invented in 1965. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve Cook talks about it. There's actually, he has a one-hour TV. He says, nothing in the iPhone is new. We took it from old technology. We just put it all in one place. Look at the iPhone as your career, right? So the, the basics are out there. They're the same as they were in 1920, 1950, 1980, right? The difference, the only thing is you personally. So you have to understand the big picture, what you need to do individually, day to day basis to move yourself forward. That will make you success. No one can stop you from being successful. I need to say that because there's so many platforms today. It's completely up to you. But you do need to make the right steps.
1: Wow. I, I love everything you said. It's so motivational in a sense. And how would you define success?
0: I would say that success, if you're talking on the acting or on the show business level, success is those people that said you wouldn't make it have to watch you on TV and in the the, uh, theaters when you have made it, right? That's the metric of success. When people recognize you at the mall walking down the street, when you are able to go and google yourself and come up with projects right it's simple measures right you need to do everything and be in the same places in the same media as taylor swift to sharon stone right to johnny depp that's your goal is like I, whatever they're doing is is working i want to be where they're at so that's how i measure successes you know, one, did it work, right? But if I'm uh, in the same media like TMZ or in Australia with uh, 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 Channel 9 Australia, you know, if you're like that, then you've made it. If you have people calling you, you've made it. But the number one thing to show that you've made it, you're too busy. There's not enough hours in the week. There's 168 hours in the week and when you make it, you will find up you're pretty much up for 150 of those 168 weeks. Just
1: like that,
0: you. <laughs> yep. When you're hot, you're hot. You have to understand that and you have to take advantage of it. That's it. Yeah, you take there. There's been, uh, uh, you know, real world cases where people were at the top, took six months off. They got replaced. Someone else came along. The business changed real quickly. Right that's the thing you want to always be it's like ballet when that ballet dancer is in the air doing a pirouette they're always already thinking about the next move when they hit the ground what's i'm gonna hit the ground what's my next move while they're in the air that's the key that is the key when you get that break think of how i'm gonna make this break bigger right i'm gonna go to the next step so again anybody can make it but You do need to understand show business is very different. It's not like a nine to five, which is based on Kronos. Mm -hmm. Show business is based on Kairos. Kronos is time, you know, nine to five, nine, 10, 11, 12 at five, I get off. Kairos Mm -hmm. is timing. I'm in the right place at the right time with the right talent, right? And as again, Will Smith said, I'm always prepared to be on. If you came to me right now and said you needed me to act this part, I've already run through as many acting jobs as I can. I can pull that up. And that's me. That's been my break, is that the media has covered me a lot because the, the editors and producers actually do all the work. The reporters don't, okay? Yep. They say, you sent us all the information we would have had to research, right? Yep. So when they contact me on a particular subject, I already have that ready. The only thing you have to do is put in their email address and it's like, there goes his bio, there goes what he's done, this is who he knows, these are all the contact numbers, right? Their job is easier. Are they going to go for me where they don't have to devote hours and days or are they going to go for the person that have to devote hours and days? No, they're going to go with me.
1: Yes. Beautiful. This has been a, such a mind-blowing and thought-provoking conversation I'm personally learning so much from you, to be honest. And I know you're a busy man and thank you so much. It's super late for you. So thank you so much for being here with us and sharing so generously with our listeners about your experience, your background, your insights. Wow. And so we're going to end with our final five rapid fire questions. These are the five questions that I ask all my guests at the end of the show. And every question has to be answered in one word or one sentence maximum. Got it. The first question is, what is one thing you wish you knew earlier?
0: that you nice guys finish last
1: love that yeah i love that saying second question if you could live your life all over again what would you do differently
0: i would i've never dated an american before but once i would have married that american
1: okay um the next question is if i had five minutes and the whole world was listening to you what would you say
0: I would say stay positive. Everything's good. It's just a matter of you having the right information.
1: I love that. <laughs> okay. The next question is what, is, what is something you're trying to learn or curious about right now?
0: It is definitely tech. Because it's evolving so fast, and you have to keep up. Mm. That is the thing that most occupies my time. Because we're on the verge of a tech jump yeah. that's going to be beyond huge. And if you're you haven't kept up with it, you're in trouble.
1: Yes, AI and, uh, and everything. Yeah. The last question is, what brings you the greatest joy?
0: Without a doubt is is seeing someone else become successful. That's number one for me. You know, someone that I knew uh, that I may have helped, which has happened uh, many a time, becoming successful, living their dreams. You know what I mean? They didn't quit. They didn't give up. The day you quit, the next day you would have made it. Remember that more than anything.
1: Wow. I love that. Yes. Because most of the time, yeah, when I think about my own like journey, you know, because I, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, like the moment I want to quit, like I just feel like giving up. It's the moment I, I get the next, like get the next client or someone just call me, you know, I like, got this opportunity. Like you wouldn't believe it, right? So yeah, that, that's, no, so, that's totally.
0: No, you're right. That's how it is. If you got to understand, everyone that made it is going through what you made through. Again, that's why it's so important to read those bios You know, you can find them on IMBD or or Wikipedia, read both, but don't quit. That's that. No one in Hollywood ever failed. It's just some people quit too early.
1: Yes. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. Now, um, do you want people to connect with you? Like where can people find you? If they want to learn more about you or if they want to interview you, Um, do you want people to find you? Are you on social media?
0: Yeah, um, I'm rarely on social media, but if you uh, wish they can find me, I'm all over the web. Uh, probably my Facebook, because I have an unusual name. I'm the only person with that name. My last name is is not very common. So Jerome Allman, uh, you can find me. Uh, I'm all over publicly. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You know, we all do have to maintain a presence on that. I want to make that crystal clear. Okay. Reality is you do need to maintain some sort of presence on social media because it exists. Always remember that. Right. Uh, final quote from uh, it's it's a multi-billionaire wrote a nice book, Swim with the Sharks. Um, as he as he said, do business with your heart. And the only thing you'll end up with is heart disease. You know, that's why you won't have money. That's why they our career. That's why professionalism is so stressed in the entertainment business. Uh, it has to be there, right? Because you have this giant project with all these moving parts with all these people, we need you to be professional. If you do that, you're good. 90% once you get your foot in the door. Matter of fact, 99% is you just showing up on time. Yes.
1: Is, yeah. You're
0: going to go with the person they know is going to show up every time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's so important. Right, thank you so much. Uh, right, guys, I, l- I hope you love and enjoy this episode, you know, this conversation like I do. Please uh, reach out to Jerome on facebook and thank him for coming today and sharing with you so generously remember to follow him support him in any way you could you will find all the resources in the show notes below i will try to put all the links that he has um his social media on you know in the show channel below so make sure you go and check it out and follow him and support him and if you're not following me follow me on instagram and if you are listening let us know take a screenshot of this and tag me and tag jerome and we would love to hear from you like what do you think about this episode do you have any questions We would love to um, get back to you as well, content with you. If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss another juicy episode coming every Wednesday with me and my awesome guests. And I will always leave you the same way as I leave you with every other episode. Show up. The world needs you and you need you. Thanks for listening and I wish you all a joyful and amazing day ahead. (music) Thank you again for tuning to Find Joy with Julian Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support this podcast in one of three ways. One, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your IG story and tag me at findjoywithjoanne underscore podcast so I can repost and connect with you. Two, share this podcast with a friend or a family member. And three, leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to grow and reach more listeners worldwide. Make sure you also subscribe so you don't miss out on any episode coming Wednesday. Thanks for being here and I will see you soon in the next episode.